We've somehow managed to avoid Day Zero in Cape Town and in the surrounding areas. Other places in the Western Cape, extending into the Northern Cape, have not been so lucky. Day Zero arrived for Stradenburg, a small town at the east of the Northern Cape, in 2016 already. Uh, we have Dalma Cupido, human rights lawyer on the line. Recently, he traveled to the Northern Cape with Tristan Taylor uh, to do a postdoctoral research at Stellenbosch or through Stellenbosch University to chronicle what's been going on in the province's most drought-stricken areas. Their findings were published in last week's Sunday Times. Joining me on the line now is Dalma. Dalma, welcome to the Weekend Early Breakfast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And yourself? I'm very, very good. Thank you. Um, this morning, we're just having this conversation around um, the article that was published uh, last week in the Sunday Times, A Drought Drives Guru to Collapse. Now, yourself and, um, and, a, and a colleague went to go do some, do, do some research in the Kuru. Uh, firstly, what sparked your interest in going to do research over there? Uh, thanks for that. Um, so, my colleague Tristan Taylor and I, um, we went down to the town of Hopetown, uh, in the Northern Cape, um, and then subsequently to some of the towns around there, because we were looking at, we were interested in looking at the question of how sort of climate change and the drought might be affecting those areas, um, and sort of looking at the social kind of economic uh, knock-on effects of, of that. Mm. Um, because, so Tristan has done quite a lot of work in the Northern Cape. Um, and at some point, uh, you know, started noticing that, that things were getting significantly drier. So, yeah, and I mean, my interest um, is that I'm a human rights lawyer and I've worked with sort of a lot of communities that are, you know, in marginalized sort of rural areas and so on. So, um I was very keen to look at the particularly the, the kind of impacts uh on the on the actual people, you know, on the ground. Socioeconomic effect of, of uh what is that thing in the in those areas? Yeah, of the drought and of, of climate change. Just to just to start off with, if we could just touch lightly on, on climate change with your uh with your colleague Tristan that went down with you. As has it been established because obviously um there's a lot of sort of debate around climate change. Is it real? Is it not? Is it just, you know, prolonged weather patterns? Has it been established that that um there is uh an effect caused by climate change in this area or specifically? So look, I mean I, I think most people actually, you know, the scientific literature is is reasonably clear that that climate change is in fact a real thing. Um, and I mean, Tristan is is really the climate expert on this, but but the models basically predict that what is what we're seeing in in places like the Northern Cape and Namibia and so on um, is what is what is predicted to happen. Um, so that's correlation, not necessarily. Causation um, and causation is very difficult to to pin down. But I think what is clear from the research that we've done and from speaking to uh, experts, amongst others, um, geologists and so on, who've been studying the area, is that this is the worst drought in certainly in living memory, um, probably in about 150 years or so. Mm. Um, so, and you know that I mean the Karoo is a dry area it it goes through periodic drought, but nothing as 
deep and as prolonged as this has been seen for well over 100 years. And you were you were focusing, on, um, like you said, on the socio economic effect um, of the drought. What this, pro- yeah. what this prolonged period of, of, of drought and dryness yeah. has caused. The Karoo is obviously um, well known for its farming, its livestock, its sheep farming. Um, right. Let's start unpacking that socioeconomic effect. What were some of the first things that that um, started happening because of the drought? So, I mean, the cycle basically seems to be that with you know, the lack of water. Um, firstly, the animals start dying because the salt starts drying and um, sort of usable uh, feed is is disappearing from the salt. So the animals are dying, um, sheep are dying, game are dying um, at quite a massive rate, right? So in, an, in a place like Sutherland, which is also a town in the Northern Cape, um, you know, they have a carrying capacity of around 400,000 sheep. Mm. That is now down to 63,000 sheep. Um, farmers, as we spoke to, you know, were giving us equally sort of shocking numbers about the sort of decimation of their own herds. Um, I mean, at one point we were, we were interviewing one of the farmers and a few meters away from us, you know, there was a springbok carcass um, and all around he was pointing out, you know, dead sheep, dead cattle, and animals are just falling over in the salt. So what that then means, obviously, is that, is that the farms become um, uneconomical to farm um, because feed is incredibly expensive. Um, you know, not just the transport, but the actual feed itself, um, you know, to, to the estimate that we got from Gift of the Givers who do much of the relief work in that area is that they would need around 300 million for the next year for the Northern Cape alone. Um, and this drought is in the Eastern Cape, it's in parts of the Southern Cape, the Western Cape. Um, you know, so it's 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 really a, actually a much wider problem than the Karoo, but, uh, but the Karoo is... I mean, it's where we did the research, but it, it also seems to be sort of, um, at this point, the most heavily uh, affected area. Yeah. For our listeners that have just uh, tuned in, this is Cape Talk Weekend Early Breakfast with myself, Mark Johnson. I'm in conversation with uh, Dalmay Cupido, uh, who's gone on in the past um, month or so to do research and publish an article in the Sunday Times uh, titled Drought Drives Karoo to Collapse. And we're talking about not just climate change, but the actual socio-economic effect um, that the drought and prolonged period of um, dryness has caused in the Karoo. Synonymously dry, but um, doing very badly for the past couple of years. Cape Town has always been in a struggle to handle the the aspect of day zero approaching. And, um, I don't know, through luck or, or better water management, we've managed to avoid day zero. But in places like uh, Strydenburg, uh, they, their days yet arrived in 2016. Uh, if you'd like to add to the conversation, if you have any questions, maybe you're living out, out in that part of the world, um, or you have family over there, uh, please feel free to call into studio on 021-446-0567. We'll also take your WhatsApp uh, texts and voice notes to 072-567-1567. Uh, Dalmay, you've mentioned there the gift of the givers. Um, oh. You know, they, they, they estimate about 300 million rand needs to be given next year to, uh, to support oh. relief. 210 million rand in drought relief has been oh. given since 2017. Now, when organizations like this... Um, 
or any organization gives towards some like something like this year specifically, where does that two hundred and ten, where does that three hundred million then go to? So most of it is just going directly towards um, getting you know feed for the animals. So so what's happening is um, farmers in other parts of the country um, are basically donating sort of. Uh, feed to to farmers in the drought affected areas, and and the feed in this case would be, you know, stuff like um, corn, uh, corn sort of corn uh, grains, general feed for for livestock. Yeah, yeah, and even stuff like potatoes and and so on, because because um, animals can eat it. So, but this is not very high quality food, right? It's not what the animals are supposed to be eating, mm. but it's what you give animals in an emergency, um, and. So they're having to transport, you know, all this stuff in in massive trucks, and it's tons and tons of of, of um, feed that that they are, are transporting across the country. So that's really what it goes to. I mean, it goes directly towards, um, you know, collecting that stuff, uh, paying for the trucks, um, and and then delivering it to the farmers, um, and that includes emerging farmers as well, because people sometimes forget about emerging farmers and just tend to think of agriculture as, you know, big kind of commercial agriculture. Um, when you say emerging say, farmers, do you mean yeah. um, self, self-sustaining farmers or farmers that are, are starting out and developing their own farms? What is uh, the difference between yeah, an so, emerging so, so basically farmers from sort of previously disadvantaged backgrounds, right? So um, we spoke, for example, to the chairperson of the Emerging Farmers Association, who is a guy who's he's been farming in that area for the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be a farm worker, um, and then sort of got into the the government's program in terms of emerging farmers. Because what they did was they government purchased a couple of farms and put you know sort of these emerging farmers on there with you know relatively small herds of, mm-hmm. of sheep and that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, as we say in the article. They had about 70 emerging farmers, 70 to 75 emerging farmers and their families um, three years ago. Today, there's practically none farming in that area. You know, so so again, I mean, getting back to the sort of social um, cost of this, you know, it's not just the farmers that are... Um, hello? Yes, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yes, right, yeah. Sorry. It's, you know, it's not just these, these kind of commercial farmers who are, in many cases, closing their farms because they face foreclosures from the banks. Um, in some cases, as we heard of, um, there's been a spate of suicides from farmers. Um, but it's also actually the farm workers yeah. because whereas you would have had, say, 20 days of employment previously, um, now the farmer can't, A, afford to pay you for those many days. The farmers themselves are not even living on their farms mm. because they can't, you know, sustain two households, basically. So, I mean, this is, this is a very, yeah, like, it's, it's one of the most, as we've, we've mentioned earlier, um, disastrous and bleak situations that we've mm. seen in the country regarding farming mm. and the drought. And, mm. you know, obviously, you know, doing the research and, 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 and unpacking it um, sort of gives everybody a perspective of how bad things are. Farmers losing yeah. their jobs, farmers closing down, farmers giving up on farming, yet there's still, like you mentioned, the um, emerging farmers coming up 
and 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 trying to push through to support a lot of funds are being sent through mm-hmm. to um to alleviate the 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 effects of the drought mm-hmm. uh, by gift of the givers is there is there a solution or is it just or at this point is the solution just trying to uh excuse the 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 lack of wording keep people's head above water yeah, I mean, at the moment, it is really a struggle for survival, right? So, I mean, farmers are saying to us that they may not make it through the winter. Um, and if, as is expected, the drought goes on for another two, possibly three years, um, we will see basically the collapse of commercial agriculture in that area. Um, and I mean, one of the things that was quite striking as we were going around talking to people was um, most people date the beginning of the drought to about five to six years ago. And what people in the town are telling us um, is that at roughly the same time, he started seeing this huge spike in things like drug abuse, you know, so things like Turk, Mandrax, um, even crack cocaine. That the use of these drugs or the abuse of these drugs has has just spiked amongst young people. Um, teen pregnancy rates, HIV rates, um, TB. So. You know, you, those are signifiers well, of a of a of the collapse of an economy of a poor economy. That's that's right, and it's and I mean the social effects are are just devastating for those communities. You know, um, but so so yes, I mean there's 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 a very real kind of crisis now. We we sort of in crisis mode. I think yeah. um, it's not just about but, saving the farms; it's also about saving yeah. the people and the communities around there. Yeah, and saving those towns. Um, so, in ter- I mean, in terms of a solution, one of the sort of immediate things that that, um, that government can do, that provincial government can do, is declare the Northern Cape uh, a disaster area, basically, um, because that will help to unlock something like two and a half billion rands worth of funds, um, you know, to yeah. to actually start doing things like the infrastructure that would be required to to pipe water from the rivers. Um, to make sure that there's enough feed um, to see, you know, to see farmers through until the drought breaks. Um, so that that kind of, in, in short, that I, I think that's that's the immediate sort of thing. I think the a secondary thing, and I suppose that's really what we're trying to do, is is to raise public awareness, mm. um, you know, through articles and, and through speaking to guys like you, yeah. um, because I think people don't really understand how profound a crisis this is um you know and and that 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 sort of lack of understanding and lack of public awareness um it it starts even at at governmental level yeah but um, there's there's a ripple effect if you don't know what's going on all of a sudden you don't realize why the price of food is going up and why there why there's an influx of of certain things why the unemployment rate is dwindling in africa why we, we don't understand where the source of, of uh, an economic, not meltdown, but economic problem is. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to fix it by the time it reaches us. We'll, it'll be too late. Yeah. And I mean, we feel it in any case because yeah. the, the, the Karoo is a major contributor to um, agriculture and food security and that sort of thing in the country. Um, and the contraction, for example, that we saw last quarter of, of 3.2%, um, about 0.3 percent or 10 percent of that is because of the drought, mm. you know, because of, of so. So next quarter probably we are going to see 
a similar um, effect play out, if not worse. So, so even the, the, you know, our efforts at growing the economy nationally um, are built on very shaky grounds. If if we don't actually deal with with these issues and try to save agriculture. Now, May, on that note, I'm going to say thank you very much for taking time out to chat to us and unpack the situation. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more time in the future to see the progression uh, and, 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 and have a look at more of your research so we can discuss uh, in more detail what the, what the effects or what the solutions uh, may be. But thank you very much for joining us this morning. All right. My pleasure.